0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. If you've got a Bible or you need one, go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. We'll go here just a little bit, give you the Word of God and fill you up here. You know, it's rather easy as human beings to get on a... On a roll where you just live a, a constant guilt trip. If you've ever been there, man, when it just seems like, man, you feel guilty about everything. And that usually leads to, as human beings, we have this thing called a desperate determination that I'll say this, I'm I'm gonna try harder, I'm gonna do better. But the only way that happens is through the Holy Spirit. That He'll bring you confidence on the inside. He'll he'll empower us to serve God as beloved children, not as guilt-ridden sinners. And so that's part of the blessing of the Holy Spirit that He just comes in and He starts changing me. And it's it's not a grind. It's just the anointing of God that comes upon us. In Galatians chapter 4, last week we were in Galatians 3. This week we're in Galatians 4. Look with me starting in verse 3. It says, even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Now, when it talks about we were in bondage under the elements of the world, just all the the sin and the principles of this world, that it literally puts us in bondage to those things. The only way that changes me is to get born again. My nature will never change until I get Jesus in my heart. And so, in saying that, the reason people sin is because that's what sinners do. That's their nature. How many of you remember growing up and when you, before you were born again, did any of you take classes to learn how to sin? I didn't have to take any. I didn't have to take line 101 and go in there and be taught how to lie. It just became a nature of mine. And it's kind of like a baby. When you see a baby growing up, when, when they get to the point in their life where they show their will, one of the first words most babies say is, Mine. It's mine. Who taught them that? Mommy and Daddy didn't teach them that. It just becomes some of their nature and so this is what it even talks about spiritually, that to change my nature, i got to get Jesus on the inside of you. Now, i saying that. If you've been born again, how many have noticed a change in your nature? And I didn't say perfect. I've noticed a change in my nature. And it wasn't because of me with this determination. And the Holy Spirit just began to move within me. And he would just love me, and he would help me, and he'd change my vocabulary, and he'd change my behaviors and my attitudes. And so this is what this is talking about. It goes on to say in verse 4, But when the fullness of time, or God's time, or the right time, had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, and born under the law. Now, this literally, right there, that verse alone, shows us the deity of our Lord and Savior Jesus. He was born that of the Son of God. He was born to a mother. You know, the only way you can be on this earth legally is to be born from a mother. That's why the devil's not here legally. He never had a mother. He wouldn't want anybody to want to be his mother. But in the last part even here, when it says and he was born under the law, Jesus himself, he fulfilled all of the law. He did every bit of it. Remember, this was the man who never sinned. Verse 5. To redeem or repurchase those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And so we go from being a slave to sin, To being righteous. To being children of God is what this is talking about. Verse 6. And because you are sons. Because you are recognized as sons. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying out Abba Father. Now when it says right there and because you are sons. How did I become a son? I gave Jesus my heart. And it seems like, well, that's pretty simple, Pastor, but it is. When you get born onto this earth, how, how did you get birthed into this world as a son or a daughter? You didn't do nothing. You just showed up. Well, in two certain examples, that's how we are with God. When I give Jesus my heart... I have now become a son of God. And the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us to assure our hearts that I am a child of God. He reassured, you're a son of God. You are a son of God. You are a child of the Most High. And he says there at the end of verse 6, And because of the Spirit in your heart, you cry out, Abba, Father. The word Abba in the Hebrew language is the strongest form of intimacy for the name Daddy or Father that there is. And so when it said you cry out, Abba, Father, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us and, and He helps us to understand, that's my Heavenly Father. God wants me to look at Him as my Heavenly Father. Now, in terms of of my natural father, I never had to earn the right to call him father. He was always my father. He was my dad. How did that happen? Because of birth. That's the same way with Father God. Because of the new birth of Jesus Christ, I can look to him and say, Abba, Father. And oftentimes we'll say, but I, I don't feel qualified to call Father God that. But again... You're getting over into works. The Holy Spirit will say, you're qualified. You're qualified to raise your hand and say, oh, Father God, I'm so honored to come into your presence. Keep reading verse 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave. Thank God I'm no longer a slave to sin. We sing that. Thank God. But Look what he says. But a son. I'm a son. I'm a child of God. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. And so when it talks about being an heir there, that means that I have everything that's Father God's. Everything that's His is mine. And everything that was with Jesus died for on the cross, I become a co-heir with Him. Now think about this in these terms. And you've probably heard me use this analogy before. I'll I'll be 55 here before long, and periodically I still go home to my mom and dad's house. And my, my father will be 80 this next summer. And when I walk into their house, I don't look at my mother and father and say, hey, can I get something to eat out of the refrigerator? Still at my age, you know what I do? I walk in and I open the refrigerator. You know what? I'm an heir. What theirs is mine, and what's mine is theirs. And so this is how the kingdom of God operates, that he wants us to understand. But listen, so many times in our life, we don't ever get that without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's always working on the inside of us, and he's helping us to confirm these things. Go on to verse verse 8. But then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those by which nature are not God's. And so what he's telling me there, just because the nature on the inside of me, I serve things that weren't of God. But when I got born again, my nature changed and I started to serve God. And so think back at this life again. Before you knew God, what was your nature? I was a sinner. You know what my nature was? A drunk. Those were my... My nature was sexually immoral. Those were my... But when I got born again, something began to take place. Something started happening. Keep reading verse 9. But now, after you have known God, now listen to this, or are rather known by God. I am known by God. Now, what does it mean to be known by God? Well, it'd be like if God was to say, I know Chris Casey. He's my son, and I love him. Now that's what it would look like to be known by God. Now how am I known by God? Because of Jesus Christ. So are you confident that if your name was brought up before Father God, are you confident that that's what God would say about you? That's my son, and I love him, and I'm proud of him. And so many of you in this room right now, you would say, oh, no, oh, no. I'm not confident that God would say that. No, wait a minute. If you're born again, you're a child of God. And so this is where the Holy Spirit comes back into play. And he'll start reassuring you on the inside. He says, you're a child of God. You're known by God. Do you know the Bible says that God knows the very hairs on your head? Even ones of us who don't have much hair, he still knows us. But God knows you that much. And so this is where the Holy Spirit goes in. And in saying that, back in the last part of verse 6, it says, God has sent us forth the Spirit of the Son in your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Abba, father. So I can look at God and say, man, you're my Father. I love hanging out with you, Father God. Now look how he ends in verse 9. How is it that you turn again? To the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage. So you know what he's saying? You're a child of God. Don't go back into those things that put you into bondage in the first place. So how do I keep from doing that? Well, we studied a number of weeks ago there in John 16. It says the Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. He convicts my heart of sin, and the goal when He convicts me to sin is He convinces me that I'm a sinner and I need Jesus. But when He convicts me of sin, you know why He's doing that? Because He wants me to repent. The worst thing that happens to us as human beings and believers is when I commit a sin and I don't repent of it. That's why it's important that the Holy Spirit will convict you, and when He does, man, get before God and repent of your sin. And say I don't want to do that. But in John 16 it says he'll convict you of sin. He'll convict you of righteousness. And he'll convict you of judgment. You know what all that means? God comes into our life and he convinces me and you that we're a sinner and we need a savior. And after that we give our heart to Jesus and he convinces us that we are righteous. You know why we're righteous? I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a new creation in him. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new in him. And so right there, he convinces me, you know what? I'm righteous. Not because I did a hundred Hail Marys today. I'm righteous because Jesus qualified me. And then he convicts me or he convinces me of judgment. And you know what the judgment's aimed at? The judgment is aimed at the devil. That the devil is going to be judged for the things he's done. And so we sit back and we look and say, well, since the devil's going to be judged, I might as well go ahead and keep operating in what Jesus told me I can have as a believer. What is that? Well, in Matthew 16, 19, he said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. In other words, you don't have to put up with the devil. Whatever you, me, you believers, whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And so right there, guys, he gives us authority. He said, here's the keys. So the key to the keys is the name of Jesus. And if you're born again, you have a right to use the name of Jesus. And when you begin to use the name of Jesus, that's where the Holy Spirit will rise up in you. You'll sense a boldness come upon you. You'll sense a power that come upon you. Go with me to to, to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to get this far. Romans chapter 8. We may get there, I don't know. Romans chapter 8. Ooh, the Holy Spirit will start working in you. And He'll start bearing witness. He'll start moving in your life. You've just got to invite Him in. The key to any relationship, guys, is fellowship. The key to any relationship is Intimacy. That's the key to it. It's spending time together. So we watch here. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, believers, me and you that are born again, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. I'm not obligated to live by my flesh. I'm not obligated that my flesh has to dominate me. Now, right here in this passage... Paul does not state it, but the implication is that we are to be debtors to the Spirit to live according to the Spirit. Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, Paul lays out two directions right here. And in both of them, he shows the ultimate consequence. What was it? If you live by the flesh, you're going to have a death-like existence. If you live by the Spirit, you're going to have life. And it's very clear here also, the Apostle Paul says to me and you as believers, I'm going to give you the choice. You get to choose, is what he's saying here. But it's very uncharacteristic for a Christian to be dominated by the flesh. It's what he's telling us right here. And so he reminds us that it's only by the Holy Spirit. Now get that in verse, let's read it again, verse 14. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, if you'll read that right there, note, he didn't say there was any other way. He just said, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Right there tells me, man, I got to have the Holy Spirit. Are you being dominated by your flesh in an area? It's okay to admit that. It's okay. What happens then is you begin to say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I, need, I don't want to get angry. I need you, and you give him permission to help in you. I don't want to cuss. I don't want to do that. Holy Spirit, I give you permission. Now, there's some nuggets right there in that verse we got to really dig in. He said, if by the Spirit you, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. If you. So think about it here, what he's telling me. The Holy Spirit doesn't come into my life and cause the deeds of your flesh just to vanish. That's not what it said. Boy, that'd be great, wouldn't it? woo Man, I've got a weight problem today. Holy Spirit, come in here and let that disappear. I need a fresh... I'd like a thick set of blonde curly hair tonight, Lord. Let that happen. See, we realize those analogies, that's not how it works. But if you get what it said, the Holy Spirit will begin to help you. He will empower you. He will aid you. He will help you, but guess what that means? You've got to walk it out. So the Holy Spirit's going to do His part, but i got to do my part. And when I keep hanging out with Him, there starts changing in my life. And you begin to see those things happen. Keep reading. Ooh, I better hurry. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You know what it says right here? This describes the lifestyle of those who are sons of God. You know what Paul's saying here? He's giving encouragement not to live according to the flesh, but to put to death the deeds of the body. Therefore, being led by the Spirit of God involves progressively putting to death the sinful appetites. So when you have sin in your life, that appetite to sin, man, you say, Holy Spirit, help me, that I'm going to progressively begin to get rid of those appetites. How do I do that? First of all, I ask the Holy Spirit to come in. I ask Him, let me feed on the Word of God. Let me get in prayer on a daily basis. Let me start hanging out with you. For as many as those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. You want to be a son of God? Then get in there and start being led by the Spirit of God. And He will lead you where you need to be and where we ought to be. The things that God desires for us to be. But i got to be led by the Spirit of God. And this stuff can go on and on when you hear this. And so you get the jest right here just through a couple of verses. I really need the Holy Spirit. I really need Him to go to work in my life. And I can give you illustration after illustration about how the Holy Spirit began to work in my life. I just kept giving Him permission and I still do it to this day. How does that look? You know, I'm not going to say every night, but I'm going to say the vast majority, and it is very close to every night. Before I ever go to bed, this is what I say when I'm getting in bed. Father God, I go to sleep tonight to your mercy and grace. I go to sleep to sweet and peaceful sleep, because you promised me that in Psalms 127 too. Lord Jesus, I go to bed tonight, And I come under the authority of your name. And I come under your blood and your broken body. And Holy Spirit, I welcome you in my sleep tonight. When I wake up in the morning, I say, good morning, Father God. I wake to your mercy and your grace. Good morning, Lord Jesus. I wake to your blood, your broken body. I come under your authority today. And, oh, Holy Spirit, I wake to you, and I ask you to fill me with your greatness today. Almost every day. You know why? And I'm not a superhero, okay, guys? I'm not telling you, look at me, look at me. But it's become a custom of mine in my heart, because when I give them opportunities to move in my life, God moves. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubbock.com.